Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the King Foot Podcast, where we discuss African football with an Egyptian flavor. Nasri and I'm the fill-in host for Omar Khariyala. I'm joined today by Mustafa Al-Shayati and Luke McBride as we discuss the latest Egyptian World Cup qualifier against Ghana. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hello, guys. Hi. All right. So we're going to get uh, right into it because uh, the match happened a couple of days ago now, and I know we all have thoughts that we're dying to get out. So uh, first and foremost, Luke, I wanted to start with you. I wanted to get your uh, general thoughts about, about the match, um, you know, just an overall summary, maybe a, a rating of how Ghana performed and especially, of course, how Egypt performed? The, the most important thing to really sort of take into account talking about the match is the fact that Salah didn't play. And on top of that, Ghana rested quite a lot of players. I mean, if anyone really lately has been their equivalent to Salah, it's Thomas Partey and he didn't play. Um, I think both teams really were sort of more trying to trial out for the future more than anything, considering the game technically didn't count for anything. I thought Egypt, to be honest, considering the fact that normally they're so reliant on Salah, I thought they did actually play decently well. I was expecting Ghana to win, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, of course, you know, worth mentioning that both sides were trying out. I don't want to say you know a B team of sorts, but a lot of players who aren't maybe normally in the in the regular eleven. I, I was personally very curious to see how Egypt would look attacking and going forward without Salah has that focal point of the attack as he normally is. Uh, Mustafa, I wanted to get your idea of the overall performance from both teams. It was a nice surprise to see uh, Hector Cooper start with, we can call them the B-team reserves, although mm-hmm. they are well-established international players. It was actually an unexpected move, but a bold one from him. Uh, and it was, a, <clears throat> I think the team performed well under circumstances. And as, as Luke just mentioned, we were very reliant on Salah in the past two games. So to not have him in and we play, we looked organized at times, maybe not as uh, <coughs> as uh, cool as the team should be. But still, I think the performance was OK. The starting lineup showed that Egypt has an abundance of talent. Uh, and I think it will be very difficult for Cooper to, to name his 23-man squad come June. Yeah, the 23-man squad is definitely something that, uh, you know, between now and June, with all all the upcoming friendlies that I'm sure are going to be scheduled after the pots are announced in December, I think that's going to be a major point of contention among fans with, you know, a bunch of us having our our own ideas. I do want to give to my my own horn a little bit and uh, talk about Cooper's selection for the last match, which you touched on, Mustafa. We said on on, uh, the last podcast, I believe, that I was on, uh, I said that Salah should not be called and that it would be a great opportunity to look at all these other players. And then, uh, you know, we were kind of mixed and went back and forth about it. And then what ended up happening was that Cooper totally uh, changed up the squad and called so many new players, including one of them, uh, Shika Bala, who hadn't played for the national team in, I think, more than three years. And then he goes and scores a goal for Egypt and has a decent performance. So 
Uh, going back to you, Luke, uh, obviously Shikabala's goal is a major talking point, but I also wanted to get your sort of impression on who in the Egypt lineup was impressive or disappointing for you. Which of these players has made the biggest statement to be, you know, given further looks in the upcoming friendlies? And also, who will be in the back of Cooper's mind as a disappointment from that match? Obviously, you mentioned him, but Shikabala, I thought the thing that I noticed when he got subbed off, um, Egypt sort of... I wouldn't say they fell apart, but like they were really struggling to create stuff after he came off. It was quite a noticeable um, drop in quality. So he definitely, I think, should get another chance in whoever they well against whoever they face in friendlies before the World Cup. I thought um, um, Trezeguet was a bit disappointing to be honest, considering in Afcon I thought he was actually at times definitely one of Egypt's most dangerous players. Um, Karim Hafez as well, I thought actually did pretty well. There's definitely not a lot of competition in that area as well. So he, I'm sure, will get another chance before um, the World Cup. Definitely. I know uh, Mustafa thinks that the left-back position is a, up for grabs, like you mentioned. And I totally agree. I think Kareem Hoffes, for me, was the most impressive player uh, in the match, given what was expected of players selected in terms of he was the one who had played a little bit and you know definitely been disappointing at AFCON. Uh, so to come out and have a good performance, especially when the team was on the back foot for a lot of the match, I think I think that'll do him well going forward. When we consider that uh, his primary competition at left back, Mohamed Abdelshafi is struggling to get some game time for his club right now. So if this carries on and he doesn't get a great, great move away in January, then uh, that could be his spot to win. Stuff. I want to get your idea of who is the most impressive, who made the biggest impact that maybe you weren't expecting, and uh, also the most disappointing player. I'll, I'll take it where you guys left off. Definitely Karim Hafez showed some potential, but to me, he still needs some more game time to prove himself as a starter. Left-back position is, is an issue. I, I would be very happy to see Karim Hafez play a couple of other matches and prove me wrong and make this position his own. Because as you said, Abdul Shafi is not getting uh, game time and is getting older and I don't see, honestly, other players that can fit in that position. If I well, if I speak about Shikabala, yeah, he's, Shikabala has done really well in the game. Shikabala has immense talent. Shikabala is one of the most gifted players I've seen. However, mm-hmm. it was never properly utilized. Unfortunately. But has he done enough to earn a place in the squad? I don't think so. I'm not sure what you guys think, but I'm not sure he's done enough. I need to see more of him. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think he's not won a spot yet, but we, we need to see more of him. My question about Shikabala will be, if he does play, I don't think he can play together with Abdullah. So if he does play in the sort of number 10 role next to Salah, you know, is he willing to track back and defend a little bit more, given that Salah is the player who has the free role in the team when he's in? That's something that I'm looking forward to seeing. One other player I want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet is Mohamed Al-Nani. Now, Nenny, I think maybe arguably was the only player in the in the eleven against the Ghana that is in the normal eleven. He played all, all the Afcon games. He's been in all the critical World Cup qualifying games. But for me, uh, along with Trezeguet, like Luke said, he was one of the most disappointing players on the pitch. It was his giveaway that led to the Ghana goal right after Shikabala scored. And all over the pitch throughout the match, I didn't really feel like he was helping dictate the tempo. Uh, he wasn't even, you know, doing what he normally does well in terms of shielding the back four. I think, to be completely honest, that the 1-1 result was a little bit fortunate given how many great 
gone to chances or in the game. I think if I haven't seen one, but if there was an expected goal map from that match, I would be shocked if Ghana wasn't expected to score two or three in the match. So, Luke, I want to get your impression of, one, the Nendi's performance, because, like I said, for me, he was one of the biggest disappointments. And two, there's this kind of, uh, I'm not going to say optimistic feeling, but, you know, people are kind of satisfied with the 1-1 result, at least from what I've seen. But for me, I think Ghana totally deserved to win the match, and I want to get your thoughts about that as well. In terms of El Nenny, it's kind of weird to me because there's, on on paper, he's surely one of Egypt's best players, but it's not even just this game. Like just generally, he does seem to be like he always seems to underperform for Egypt. I'm looking at the squad now. Um, he was actually from that starting eleven. He's actually got the most international goals in the Egypt squad. But I mean, there was no threat from him going forward whatsoever against Ghana. I think part of the problem for him, it might even be that he isn't a player that suits Cooper's tactics at all. He's more someone that, if Egypt's played with more of a possession sort of based style, he would probably uh, play a bit better. But I think that's something that you're better off sacrificing one player really than sacrificing the system, considering the system seems to be working. I mean, like, I agree Ghana definitely created more chances and everything, but at the same time, their goal was, it was quite fortunate. Like, it, it did come from, like, quite a big deflection, like, from a shot from distance as well. So, I think a one all really, on the whole, would be a fair result. But, um, I can definitely see where you're coming from. That it, it sort of flatters Egypt a bit as well. So, yeah, let me jump in and, and, and raise a question here. Do you guys think that uh, the Egyptian team needs Hossam Ghali? No. I, I was a little bit on the uh, really come back to the camp side, but after his recent performances for his club in Saudi, uh, I don't see how he can really get called. No. For me, it's not even so much that. It's the thing that I can only think of now with him is the game which um, finished 6 1 a few years ago away at Ghana. That is possibly the worst individual performance I've ever seen from an international player in like a serious game, anyway. Well, that game, yeah, I remember that game well and. and no one actually played. I remember interviewing uh, Bob Bradley, a class act, and 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 in his words uh, that I I don't think I'll ever forget. He said sometimes in football it happens, and it was just not our day. Not only Samuel, I think everyone was nowhere to be seen that day. Anyway, I just uh, I, I I think our the midfield definitely. Uh, the concern of Neni is there and has been there uh, for a while. Again, uh, Cooper has not been uh, someone who uh, who is uh, who likes to change. He's a risk-averse tactician and he, he's getting results, so he won't change. So I don't know who can occupy that position if it's not Neni. Yeah, just two quick points about that uh, before we move on. One, I will bring you know going back to the six. Well, yes, obviously, it was you know a horrific result that no Egyptian will ever forget. But um, you know, I do want to point out what's happening in Brazil right now with uh, their coach bringing back in a couple of players like Thiago Silva, who were involved in the in the six-one defeat, or sorry, the seven-one defeat to Germany at the last World Cup. And I think um, you know what that kind of shows is that you know even losing seven-one in a semi-final at a World Cup in front of your own fans, you know, if you do it the right way, you can bring them back in some players from a result like that, even if the fans will never forget it. As long as you start playing well as a team and then gradually bring those players in, I think it can be done. That being said, I still don't think uh, Andy should be back into the national team until he earns it with his club performances, uh, especially given his age and how big of a risk it will be 
given his temperament as well. And uh, lastly, touching on Lenny, uh, Luke, I, I, I agree with what you said. Uh, he definitely would be, he would look a lot better in a possession-based team. But at the same time, I've seen a few of his matches for Arsenal recently. And yes, uh, Arsene Wenger has been playing him as a center back quite a bit uh, in the matches that he has played. But even in matches when he's played in midfield, I think he's struggled and given the ball away a lot and been responsible for um, a lot of defensive area on Arsenal's part. And um, at some point, I think you have to say that a player is just out of form, you know, regardless of system, because he's not in great form for Arsenal. He's definitely not playing well for the national team. But I think Cooper, uh, you know, trusts him a lot and he's going to keep giving him chances. So at this point, I think, uh, you know, the best hope is for just to him finding some form at his club and then being able to carry it through with the national team for the World Cup. Uh, speaking of the World Cup, I do want to, um, you know, move forward and start to kind of have a bigger picture outlook here. Uh, you know, we've played our last qualifier now against Ghana, so I want to know, starting with you, Mustafa, and then you uh, next, Luke, what you guys are looking forward to in the friendlies uh, before the World Cup. Obviously, we haven't scheduled any. I know we just, uh, the Egyptian FA announced that they turned one down with the United States. They're waiting to see who we get in our uh, pots so that we know who we want to schedule our friendlies against. But regardless of opponent, I want to get your guys' idea of what you're looking forward to from the team, whether it be the manager and tactics, uh, selection, anything like that, heading into these next few months before the World Cup? Well, m let's agree on one thing, that Mr. Cooper won't change his formation. He will stick <laughs> his defensive, unattractive football. And we've just seen Sweden. They played a defensive masterclass against a subpar Italian team, and they made it to the World Cup. So mm -hmm. I, this is one thing. I, I don't expect to see any changes in tactics or formation from Cooper. Uh, what I would like to see is to try out more players. We were very happy to see some players that we've known their names and we haven't. they weren't given the chance. Uh, Karim Haf is one of them. Uh, Amr Amara is another one. I, I, I remember all the previous podcasts, a lot of the guys were asking, they want to see Amr Amara given a chance. Uh, and he won't shine from his first time. Uh, it won't happen. Not, not Definitely not against Ghana in Ghana. But at least he's getting game time. I was happy to see Sam Morsi get some time. We, we need to try out players. Shikabala, as we mentioned. This is what I would like to see in the coming period, is... The players. I want to be confident in my 23-man squad. Yeah, excellent point. Uh, Luke, what are, you, what are you looking forward to seeing? I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the last time Egypt actually like, faced a team that wasn't like an African team. So, uh, personally, I mean, because obviously the style was just different quite a lot everywhere. I'm hoping that Egypt will have a friendly. And obviously, it does depend who they get drawn against because you need to prepare, like, basically on who you're going to be facing in the World Cup. I'd like to see them face a team, someone like uh, Japan, where they've got a lot of, like, really good technical players. Yeah, just just, some, just something, like, different to what they've been facing recently. Definitely trying out some um, fringe players as well that, yeah, haven't really been getting so much of a chance. Someone that I'd actually like to see get a chance at some point. Um, is Ali Ghazal. 
I mean, I haven't actually seen how well he's been doing for Vancouver, but um, I think he never really got a fair chance with Egypt. I think he, he played a couple of games as a centre-back, from what I remember, and he was he was poor, but I mean, he's out of position, in, and there were tough games as well, I think, against like, Senegal, I think was one, uh-huh. and possibly Tunisia as well. And then he's just not had a chance since then. So I think, especially with El Nenny not necessarily performing well, again, that's another area where there's not a lot of strength there. I think he could potentially be a useful player if he comes good for the national team. Yeah, that's definitely a very interesting point and probably a name that doesn't get thrown out you know, around too much, especially after his, uh, you know, couple of disastrous performance for the national team. But uh, I think you're right, you know, going back to the point where we talked about Samogheli uh, and the 6-1 defeat, and I mentioned the counterpoint with, uh, you know, the 7-1 defeat for Brazil. I think there's no reason that players who are, are on the end of these, uh, you know, tough, embarrassing results can't be gradually put back into the team. But one point I do want to make is uh, I agree with uh, you, Mustafa, that, that you know, Amr Mere, I was calling for him to get a chance on the previous podcast. Sam Morsi, I know other people have called for him to get a chance. And no, they're not going to come good from one game. They're not going to come in and light it up, most likely. But given that there's such few national team games from now till the World Cup and just in general throughout the year. How many chances can these players really be afforded? We've thrown out several names now that we want to see get a chance, but if we're going to say that players need more than a couple of matches to find their legs for the national team and find their form, then uh, it really limits the amount of players you can look at. So uh, wouldn't you agree, Mustafa, that kind of seize your opportunity type of thing where you're not going to get more than one or two games and if you don't impress then that's it. You know, someone else might be getting their shot. So for me in particular, I wasn't really impressed with either Amr Mare or Sam Morsi in the previous match. Uh, I want to get your take on uh, how many more matches, you know, is acceptable for them if, you know, they don't start putting in uh, performances that show they should be pushing for spots. You're absolutely correct. But the thing is, I, as a national team coach, I need to give them a bit of a fair chance so to throw them in in a game against Ghana in Ghana, yes, it wasn't uh, a, a decider or anything, but uh, every uh, two superpowers of Africa playing each other, it will always be a big game. But definitely, yeah, there is not much time, not many matches left. Uh, and I agree with you on your point of it's, it's a chance that they need to seize it because one of the things that uh, we have, again, another issue that we haven't uh, tackled is the uh, striker position. And I think the, the, the player who's doing very well to actually seize the opportunity, as you, were, as you mentioned, is uh, Amr Gamal. He's not yet scoring, correct, but he's playing the 15 minutes, the 20 minutes, the 30 minutes that he's playing. He's killing himself. You, you can see that he wants that spot. So setting aside his technical ability and goal-scoring abilities, which we know they were there, yeah, they're not as apparent as they were, uh, before his injury, but still, I see a player who comes on and kills himself to show that he wants that spot. And this is what I want to see. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I definitely think he made a big impact in his 20 minutes stint when he came on for uh, Amir Mare. And uh, another point I want to make is, you know, all of these players that in the Zana game are being tried out, or most of them, I should say, we have to keep in mind that they're not being tried out with the normal team. So... You know, we can say maybe Amir Marai wasn't too involved, but who's to say how he would look if he had, you know, Mohamed Salah next to him attracting so much of the defense's attention? 
And who's to say how Sam Morsi would look if he had, you know, the normal Egyptian back line with Ahmed Ghezi behind him leading him and uh, maybe giving him a little bit more confidence to go out and play his normal game. So I think going forward, the best way to test out new players is to keep most of the regular squad and only make two or three changes to get a, a proper look at these players in the national team instead of, you know, eight or nine changes and no cohesion between the groups that have been selected. Going back to your earlier point, you might not have the luxury of doing that. So uh, 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 an 11-man uh, team that are uh, not used to playing with each other, but yeah, you can sense, uh, and that, uh, you, you're, a, you're a coach, you're an international coach, you can sense who will do the trick for you and who won't. Who, who actually applies what's being said in the changing room and who doesn't. This is what I think Cooper should be thinking of in the coming period. I definitely agree. Um, you know, I did kind of contradict myself a little bit, but that's why I think, you know, you just have to, as a manager, you have to pick just a handful of players that aren't in your normal 11 that you want to get a look at. I don't think you have the opportunity to, to take a look at, you know, seven, eight players. It's just going to be a few players that you can give a fair shot to. But that being said, right before we wrap up, I want to go to Luke first, and then I'll let you have the last word, Mustafa. Who is the one player that is not in the normal 11 that was playing the World Cup qualifiers and at the AFCON that you want to see break into the first team and uh, you think will be essential in the World Cup? Mm, I'll say Shikabala. Do you see him slotting into that number 10 role ahead of Abdullah? To be honest, because neither of them, uh, obviously that young, neither of them have particularly great fitness levels. So, I mean, they could probably both like interchange quite well with each other. Considering Shikabala, like, I, I can't really see him lasting more than, well, definitely no more than 70 minutes in a match. Like, they'll probably both right. fit in quite well with each other. Yeah, I think uh, actually Shikabala signaled asked to come off in the match yeah. uh, after his goal around the 60th minute. So that's definitely a good point. I think it'll be a little bit difficult for him just because I've mentioned this previously. I feel like Abdullah is the player that has the best chemistry with Salah. Mm. And uh, I, I know that, you know, Cooper's come out and made statements of support for him, talking about how much she trusts him. I was talking uh, to someone and they mentioned how great it is to have, you know, that secondary player who's, you know, extremely creative and will look to kind of get forward and score goals besides Abdullah in the number 10 role. But yeah, I, I think that especially if you get to a World Cup where you have three group stage games in you know, maybe a week, I think it would be very difficult for either one of them to play all of those games from the start. So if Shikawala does end up making the 23-man squad, uh, I think that could be very valuable for Egypt. Mustafa, I want to go ahead and get your uh, opinion. Who's the one player who's critical for Egypt in the World Cup? There are two players that have proven that they are on another level. That's Hegezi and Salah, and God bless them. They are starters and they are on another level. Yeah, but sorry, I misspoke. I meant what, the player what, who's, you know, player, not in yeah, the 11. One player, specifically when we're talking about our midfield issues, is Hussam Ashur. I would like to see Hussam Ashur try it again in midfield. I would genuinely uh, like to see him play. I think that uh, Hussam Ashur can add with his experience uh, in, in with Ahli in Africa. Hussam Ashur might be, might be important to our midfield. Yeah, I, I definitely think if he wasn't injured, he would have gotten a chance to at least been, uh, you know, in the squad against Atlanta. I do want to ask you, who do you want to see Hussam Ashur partnered with in the midfield? Alenni, Tariq Hamid, or somebody else? I would say somebody else, but I'm not sure <laughs> yet. But uh, I don't know. That's, a, that, that's, again, one of the question marks that I have on the team, the midfield, uh, the midfield combo. It worked well in, in the AFCON, but then died down 
both players haven't shown anything close to what they were in the AFCON. But maybe, maybe there are a lot of players to be tried. Maybe Soleya, maybe, of Ahli. I'm not sure. And that's an issue that I'm sure Cooper is thinking of day and night. Definitely. Well, thankfully for Hector Cooper, he has a few months to figure this out and try to assemble the best team possible. Yeah, I want to give a massive thanks to both of you, Mustafa and Luke, for joining me. Uh, it's been wonderful talking to you both. And thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time to listen. And we'll be back to you soon.